The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. As he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called him the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is great to be with you all this Sunday morning, this Sunday that we have called Consecration Sunday, where we formally acknowledge the collective gifts of this community, um, and the financial gifts are placed on the altar, um, and bread is broken, and we share in that meal, and we celebrate as God consecrates um, all that we have done. And so I'm grateful to be with you all, and um, just need to say it's, it's, I think I'm the luckiest priest in the Episcopal Church. Um, to get to be with y'all every Sunday morning and um, to live out my call here in this community. It is a privilege that I hope I never take for granted, and I'm grateful for you all and this opportunity to be here this morning. I'm also aware of the heaviness that we often carry when we walk into a church on a Sunday morning and we have either awoken from events in our own personal lives or events in the news that, that shake our foundation. And that often is what we carry into here looking for resolve or for hope. And, um, and I was shaken, as I suspect many of y'all were yesterday, when 11 people were killed in a house of worship and four police officers were wounded. Um, it terrifies me. It breaks my heart the violence that we encounter in this world and the, how easy it is to turn to violence. I, um, it's unsettling. And I was really, um, I found a lot of hope this week 
um, listening to Bishop Robinson at Matthew Shepard's interment where he was laid to rest at the National Cathedral 20 years after he was killed. And, and Robinson was reflecting on um, his, some words that his parents had shared that, that Matthew had found safety and love and hope in church. And that he was finally home and knowing that love completely. And I share that with you because I think that's why we all gather here. We're looking for the confidence and the hope to know that we are safe, that we are loved unconditionally, and that God is taking our lives and conforming them and consecrating them and making them whole, just as we heard in that hymn we just sang. And so we gather here to look at what it's like to live that out in safety. But I'm struck in today's gospel that it's, it's, it's fascinating that here we encounter blind Bartimaeus um, who is not the first blind man that we encounter in Scripture. He is the, the second one. So there's something the community ought to know that um, there is something about being able to go to Jesus that he will be able to see again. And so it's interesting that the crowd, for some reason, is trying to keep him from going to Jesus. And then the most interesting part to me is that he sheds his cloak in order to see that healing. He has to let go of that which provides him security. And I hadn't thought about this until 7.30. He, I mean, if he's blind, if he lays it down, he's not going to be able to see it and find it again. So he lets go of that which provides protection and certainty. I mean, if you're blind and you're out there collecting money, you can imagine him being in the elements. It's that that keeps him dry, it keeps him warm. And he has to let go of that in order to find healing. So there's something about this life that we seek that we have to let go of those things that provide us security, that provide us comfort in order to receive life abundant or to sight or love. Now, we didn't look at the scriptures to plan this, but it is Consecration Sunday, and you have pledge cards in your pews, and if you're visiting, it's okay. We're not going to know if you turn one in. We'll let you out of here. <laughs> um, but it's a reflection. In some ways, money is one of those things that we hold on to that make us feel secure. And I think that the charge of Christian community is to reflect on those things. What is it that we hold on to for our safety that may be inhibiting abundant life? It could be a, a set of values about the other person that we don't want to acknowledge. It could be money. It could be um, our anger or resentment towards somebody. What are the things that we hold on to that give us a sense of security that we need to let go? Now, I know that um, it feels like I've been waiting for this day because it's all about a day, but I want to share a story to let you know that it's not about a day, about uh, Christian life. I, um, there's a quote that I keep coming back to by Rabbi um, Rami Shapiro that says that a spiritual practice is not inspirational, it's conspiratorial. It conspires to strip away our certainty. 
I, um, 12 years ago, I took a group of ninth and 10th graders to Canterbury, England, and, and a lot of these were, um, there were a good number of the girls were from St. Mary's Episcopal School, which is a, a girls' school, um, and they had just been reading, uh, they'd just been reading T.S. Eliot's Murder in the Cathedral, and that's the story where, where Thomas Beckett is murdered in Canterbury Cathedral, so they were really excited, and as I was a youth minister, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to create a program and you think that the young people at some point, they're just going to figure it out. They're going to have that aha moment where they've arrived at their faith, right? You know, if, if they just go on a certain trip or they arrive at this special place, they're going to have that moment where they get it. And so we're, we're thinking about this and we're going to go to visit Canterbury Cathedral. We're going to visit these other beautiful cathedrals. And we're all looking for that moment when we feel like we finally have, can own our faith. So we go to the place where Beckett's murdered. We go to the, the, the seat of the Anglican Communion. And it doesn't happen. There's no point in this trip when the group claims that they now have this profound faith. But the image that sticks with me years later is we're standing there to take a picture at the top of the steps of Canterbury Cathedral. And we can't quite get straight. We can't quite get that perfect picture. And you know, a bunch of high school kids, they want the perfect picture. Everybody's kind of one foot sagging a little bit lower. And as we're looking down, the steps are worn. And they're sloped. And they're worn out. It's the recognition that it's not a one-time event that makes this place special. It's 500 years of people taking steps, of walking forward, of praying. I share that with you because you have cards before you which are about this year, about 2019. God, I am hopeful that this year is we're able to do everything that we need to do to make this community I mean, it's already the most incredible community in the Episcopal Church, in my opinion, but um, I'm hopeful that we can do all the things that we want to do. But I want to tell you something else. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you put in there in other ways. It's about a lifetime of taking little actions, of passing the plate, of walking up these up this, this aisle and coming here. It's about a lifetime of receiving communion. It's about a lifetime of forgiving the person that has wronged you. It's a lifetime about learning how to love others, those who we disagree with, those who are different. And over all of that, we are being shaped and formed into the loving community that God has called us to be. My hope for y'all is that you hold your cards when we sing the offertory anthem. We're not going to do the collection until the hymn. We're going to do a hymn after the offertory anthem. I hope my ushers are hearing this. So the choir will sing an anthem. You can fill out the card if that's your practice. I hope it is. If it's if it's right for you. But I hope you hold the card and just think about the things that, that make you secure in your life 
and the things that maybe you need to let go of a little bit. And I hope that you find that it's not about today, it's about your lifetime journey here. And over time and over the relationships that you build, the time coming forth Sunday after Sunday in receiving communion, of forgiving, of being reconciled to God, we see our lives being shaped to feel and to know that safety and that love that God has promised for all of us. May our lives be shaped just as this floor is being shaped as we walk forth and God is making us holy and one. Amen.